This journey of life is paved with ebbs and flows, many highs and lows. We often trip over stumbling blocks that seem almost impassable. And as a result, we blaze trails creating our own paths, never pausing long enough to recognize that we were never meant to do it alone. Welcome to the Surrendered Walk Podcast. because there's so many changes happening in me, in my surroundings, all the things are changing and it's happening so quickly. If I don't make note of it or record it or do something, I will miss it myself. I hope you guys had a blessed week and are as grateful as I am to have made it to the beginning of another one. God is truly good to us. As you notice, today's podcast topic is called, is entitled, Choose Carefully. And the reason why I decided to entitle it that is because I have been looking at Instagram affirmations and quotes and kind of have been leaning on them for validation and vindication of my emotions instead of really going to the Word of God or I should say, in addition to going to the Word of God. And then notice something which I know was Holy Spirit-led, that a lot of the affirmations and quotes on Instagram are kind of geared to pull us in a negative direction, but in a very, very subtle way. And I know a lot of people might think, gosh, there you go, Monique, reading into things again. But I really don't think I am. I believe the Holy Spirit truly did reveal that to me because of, of an actual post that I, had, I put up and had to take down. But I decided to give an example of one of those quotes that I came across that led me to have the thought that there, the enemy can use a lot of these affirmations to keep us in our sins, honestly. And I wanted to run it by you and then talk about it a bit, kind of dissect it and just kind of go through why I believe it's that way and and why I caution you to choose wisely what you repost and what you post. Let's talk about it. So I was going through um, the Instagram, my Instagram page, And I came across a young man who really touched me with what he was saying. And and I really was ready to just repost it until I was stopped by the Holy Spirit to, to give more consideration to what exactly I was about to post. And what he said sounded a bit like this. He said, you know what? Some people only know what they knew about you. K-N-E-W. They have no clue what's actually new about you. N-E-W. You see, I figured out 
that people will hold you hostage to your past because it helps them validate how they want to feel about you. And to be honest, it helps them really validate how they want to feel about themselves. Either way, can I give you some advice, he asked. He said, grow. Grow at such a rate, so fast and so much, that your past becomes irrelevant. And anybody who chooses to see you from your own scope, they become just as irrelevant. Now, if I had never mentioned anything about this quote or what he said, this message of encouragement, it probably wouldn't even stand out that something negative happened in this quote. But as I was reading it and I was agreeing with all the things, I was like, yes, because this kind of rang home to me. I I feel like it explains just kind of what is happening to me in this season. But at the very, very end of it, it says they become just as irrelevant. And I, that hit me because as a Christian, it's not my place to think of anyone as irrelevant. So what I wanted to do today is to go through this with a fine tooth comb and just break down why I said what I said. And so he said, you know what? Some people only know what they knew about you. I I really get that because it's true. Sometimes you do something wrong over the course of a relationship. Uh, In my case, at the beginning of my marriage relationship, I really didn't know how to speak to a man. I grew up with a single mom, even though I saw my dad on weekends. He was mostly at work when I was over there. And so I didn't see that dynamic play out too much. And when I did see a dynamic between a man and a woman, it was one of aggression and and the woman was the one who had dominance. So here I am, newly married, uh, with a husband who's somewhat compliant. I I found that as uh, to be a weakness in him and used it to my advantage and would talk to him anyhow and just really, really set a terrible stage for my marriage relationship. And over time, over years, uh, almost 18 years now married, I believe my husband struggles with forgiving me for that, right? And I I saw where I, I, well, how how should I say this? I realized that he struggles with forgiving me because it's hard. It's his ego and all of those things that were broken and stepped on and all of those things. But I would often wonder, when are you going to get over it? It's time for you to forgive me. I've already asked you for forgiveness. What's the problem? So when when he mentioned this line, when this gentleman mentioned this line, I was like, yeah, like, you're just judging me now based off of what you knew. I'm not that person anymore. And so the next line made even more sense to me because then he said, they have no clue what's actually new about you. I have changed and I don't need someone to tell me that I've changed. I know because I can measure myself against the word of God and see the transformation that God is doing in my life. 
But because my husband has not yet forgiven me, he is not able to see it. And he's still waiting for that old Monique to come back. Oh, she's only changing for a short period of time. The old her is going to rear her ugly head any minute now. So because of that unforgiveness that he is not able to yet um, let go of, he still sees, he doesn't even see the new me. So can you now see why this was something that I wanted to post right away? Then he went on to say, you see, I figured out that people will hold you hostage to your past because it helps them validate how they want to feel about you. Guys, I was like, does this man know my heart and my mind? Because I would often think he's choosing to feel that way about me so that he, his actions can be validated and he can do whatever he wants to do. Because if he forgives me and looks at the new me, then he has to do what is required, right? So all of these things will go through my head. And I was like, you know, no, you, you want to hate me. You want to not forgive what I'm asking you to forgive because you have grown comfortable with the feelings and the emotions that you've built up over time. Now, I don't know if that's a judgment. I don't ever want to judge anyone incorrectly, but by their fruits, you will know them. And so whenever my husband would respond or bring up my past, I would know that this was the case. Anyway, uh, and then he goes on to say, and to be honest, it helps them really validate how they want to feel about themselves. So it's kind of the same thing, just said differently. It's what they, how they want to feel about you, but it's also how they want to feel about themselves because it, it validates what they do, their actions and behaviors, or so they think anyway. And I pray this is making sense. He goes on to say, either way, can I give you some advice? And the advice he gives is to grow. He says, grow at such a rate, so fast and so much that your past becomes irrelevant. And that's, that's great, right? He's telling you to grow, continue to change. If you feel that your past is no longer something that controls you or, or directs your life, then keep growing, get better, do better, right? And we have to also even be careful in that encouragement because what kind of growth? Sometimes we think growth is a good thing, but it's not always. Have you seen vines running beautifully on, on a plant or on a tree? And it looks so lush and green and vibrant, but it's choking the life out of that tree. So growth isn't always a good thing. But he, he cautions them to grow or cautions us to grow and to grow at a, at a pace and at a rate that's so fast and so much that the past becomes irrelevant. And then he goes, and anybody who chooses to see you from that scope or your old scope, then they become irrelevant. So he's telling you, just forget about them. Don't even think about them. And that's somewhat wise counsel because we shouldn't really walk around uh, thinking about somebody or carrying the uh, fact that someone doesn't want to forgive us with us because that, that will kind of stunt our desire to want to grow, right? When I really, really assessed this, it just helped me to understand that before we can check off an affirmation or a quote and say that I agree or, or subscribe to this train of thought, we really have to check ourselves. 
So just like I know that it is challenging for my husband to forgive me for my past behavior, and maybe even for some of my present behavior because it doesn't align with how he thinks life should go, I have to first forgive. And so I am not happy with where my relationship is, where my life as far as marriage is concerned is going right now, but I've forgiven my husband and in there are areas where I'm still struggling to forgive him all the way, but I'm turning it over to God, surrendering that area for help because I'm human and I, I have some things that I just can't understand or wrap my mind around. And so the first thing that I will choose to do when I'm looking at anything is to make sure that I have forgiven myself, right? And then, because, you know, in, in God's word, it says, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. That's Matthew 6, 14 and 15. So you want to make sure that you are void of, of harboring any ill feelings towards anyone. And then once you've forgiven yourself, there, there is a, a, a sort of a, a kind of a heart transplant that takes place, you know. It, it, you can't do anything in and of yourself that's good. It takes the Spirit of God and the Word of God to birth a new creation, which, which is you believing that, that God is capable. And because we were dead in our sins with no hope of resurrecting ourselves, right? And God gave His life right and has and has given us the holy spirit to enable us to walk this walk so our hearts has to be renewed and, and changed so that we can continue looking positively so this is why we can't ever see anybody as irrelevant or forget about you and i'm not going to think about you and then you know we can't look at people in that way we can leave them alone mind you because if someone doesn't want to be bothered with you you can't force them but you have to be very careful and we have to recognize that forgiveness is, is unconditional. By that, I mean uh, he, God forgives us and he doesn't hold our sins against us. You know, um, he sees us as having Jesus's righteousness. So if you've forgiven someone and they haven't forgiven you, what can you do about it? All you can do is pray that God convicts their heart to repent and then ultimately you just have to let God take care of it I guess in conclusion I would say that you know many people are troubled by the belief that they've never been forgiven for something even though they've asked for the forgiveness and and years and years have passed like my situation where when the original grievance occurred if we're going to forgive others, we must first forgive ourselves, like I said. And after we've forgiven, what, what we know is our part or, or is the thing that offended us, then we have to go ahead and leave the rest in his hands. If someone doesn't forgive you, you don't automatically think of them as irrelevant or you don't just cast them out of your life. You, you set up the necessary boundaries, but then you allow the Holy Spirit to constantly keep you having 
positive thoughts about them. Exude the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, goodness. All of those fruit are what you have to bear if you ever have to deal with this person. Sometimes we don't ever have to talk to that person ever again because they're, the season of, of them being in our lives has passed. But if it's in my case where it's a separation and we have a child together, we have to communicate with each other. And so if there are things that are unforgiven on one side and not on the other, and all of these things are looming in the relationship, there has to be some sort of connection to Christ to get you through that. And it's only by his grace that will ha- that will happen. I-, I hope that, you know, we can have more conversations. Um, maybe I'll call them moments with Mo, where I just kind of muse over something that I see that strikes me as interesting. And I see the enemy in it, even though it's meant to be for good. Because that's how the devil works, right? I am always on the lookout for ways to not let him in. And so... If you weren't looking at looking at it this way, I pray that you let me know. If you don't want any more like this on the podcast, I won't do them. I'll just muse over them on my own. But I just wanted to come in and, and just remind you that we have to be careful how we choose because not everything that appears good is good. I am hoping that you enjoy the rest of this week. I pray that the Lord goes before you and make all of your crooked places straight. I pray that you will be blessed in all of your endeavors and whatever you put your hands to, you'll do to the best of your ability. Remain surrendered. We're living in a time where things are changing and moving rapidly. And if we're not paying attention, we will miss out on the biggest event of our lives. Smooches. beloved it's Mo here just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for listening and to remind you that you can always find me over at the surrendered walk on instagram and you are welcome to drop me a note at the surrendered walk at gmail.com until next episode may the lord watch between us while we're absent one from the other be blessed and remain what You guessed it, surrendered.